Finally, that day came when she had to establish her own domain, but over his dominion, she had no reign. So one set out in pursuit of a higher fate and joined with two to form the third triumvirate. Journeys of departure branching into the unknown, but on these mics, this triad has found its home. In one accord, three she's offer you their counsel. Raise your frequencies to the Empress High Council. Great day, queens and kings, and welcome to the Empress High Council. Thank you for tuning in, and don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and share button. Great day, royal family, and welcome to season two, episode 11. Don't forget to hit the like, subscribe, and share button. You can follow us at Tri Empress on IG and Twitter, or you can just Google us. We are everywhere. This is The Alchemist coming to you on the frequency of energy to transmute your social, spiritual, and financial currency into abundance. Welcome to the Wheel of Fortune episode of the Empress High Council. The Wheel of Fortune episode suggests change. So be ready to adapt to whatever comes your way, because we all know the only thing in life that's constant is change. But in order to maintain successful change in all aspects of your life, it takes formative power, knowledge, strength, community, movement through change, ultimately representing wisdom. Gather around, queens and kings. The round table is set and the wheel is in motion. This is Jazz Aphrodite coming to you on the three universal frequencies of love, music, and numbers. And this is Adaro Taylor, Delight, coming to you as an adaptive leader, community builder, and empath. Now that we're all here, let's talk about the Wheel of Fortune. What fortune have we gained and what fortunes have come to fruition? When it comes to fortune, I'm not going to look at fortune in terms of money right now. I'm going to look at fortune in terms of health, uh, wealth, uh, my mental stability right now, given what we're all going through um, and just maintaining that right now with what's going on. But you know, I always go back to money, guys, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, always go back to the dollars and cents of it all. So well, health is wealth, I hear. Mm -hmm. So what fortune have we gained? For me, um, just being a community leader, really stepping into that role has created some overflow for me. And it just, it swells my heart to be able to help and see other people be able to help through my guidance, my coaching, um, and being on here with you ladies, holding court, definitely has been a fortune for me. Mm. Thank court. you. Thank you. Holding court is right. The fortune for me has been around love and support. I think this has been a time of peace for me, just having peace of mind and being able to sit in stillness and just wait and being able to spot the opportunities that come. Now I'm more mindful of everything that's happening around me, particularly I have this moon app. So, you know, we follow the moon phases depending on the month. And the moon app came up with a message saying the other day to pay attention to the phone. When the phone rings, answer it. That's what it said. And that's very important for me because I'm not a phone person. So I will see the phone ringing and not answer it because I just don't want to talk on the phone. I find it's just a waste of time for me. So I always send it to voicemail, especially if I'm busy, but I'm not busy. I'll just like, all right, I'll call them back later. And sometimes I forget. So this was like, when the phone rings, make sure to answer it. And I'm like, how important is that? And how timely is that? Because this app knows nothing about me and is sending this information. Like when this phone rings, this is an opportunity that you must stay on top of. So just being able to see the synchronicities and the signs, I think is a great fortune as well. Has the phone rang yet? Phone hasn't rung. Mm -mm. I mean, it's been ringing, but not not with a new opportunity. <laughs> well, at least you're prepared. You're answering. 
<laughs> so you already putting that out there. Okay, that's a fortune that you've already gained. You already putting it out there. You are answering. That so, is right. So, but it's coming to fruition. So we put in that because that was the next question, right? What has come to fruition for us? And uh, can I be honest with you guys a little bit, right? Because you yep. know we talk about our freedom on the Empress High Council, and uh, we also talk about where we are. We talk about our, you know, our content first of all around table. I just want you to know that our content is authentic. It is about our truth, our experiences in the room, air quotes, okay, and elsewhere. So we are the creators and owners of our content. And I'm going to just throw something out there because I think there's going to be a lot of fire behind this particular episode. And I want you guys to know that the titles of our episodes are predetermined, or I should say pre-planned. However, our discussions with you are not they come off as we are all sitting here at the table together to bring our collection of keys to you to prepare you to navigate your experiences and have some keys to be able to open some doors. So I just want to really be honest with you. So when we start out the Empress High Council, we started this High Council out with, we're not working. Nobody was working. We were working on building our businesses. We were working on, you know, doing our own thing. And uh, as we had conversations around money and different things, and we talked about the money woes, right, Jazz? We went in to sit, talk about the money woes in a couple other episodes. So I want to be honest with you guys. So I had to go back in the market after not working for 11 years and go and get a kind of like a, it's not really a job. I'm a consultant. So it's still on my own time. But I want to be honest with you because Jazz, you, you like struck accord with me um, a few minutes ago when you said you have time to think and focus. Since I have taken this position, I feel outside of myself bat ass crazy. I don't have no time to freaking think. I feel like I am um, swimming against the current. Hmm. What are you doing to get in flow? Is there anything that you've put in practice or are you just coming to or getting a revelation? Um, no, I think I had the revelation. What's happening is I, it's getting harder to swim. Before I was like, I got this, I can swim, I got this, I got this, I can do this, I got this. Now I'm like, I got a headache every damn day. Well, can we float instead of swim? Like, be it, like, try to get you, more. You can't float flow. upstream. It goes against your core. This is true. Yes, it does. This is true. <laughs> so then what has to change in order for you to get this piece? Well, and that's what we talk about, you know, coming to fruition. So now these businesses that we've been talking about have to come to fruition. Now, we had a conversation earlier and I was saying that with the vibration of you working in this consultant's position and because it is taking so much of your time and your mental capacity and mental yes. real estate, yes, you may be sending mixed signals to the universe that you are happy and prepared to continue to work. But you came and you said something that was very insightful. Yes, yes. I said... I have to look at what did come to fruition or what what I did gain, what fortune I did gain in order to accomplish um, a particular goal, a particular goal, G-O-A-L. And I looked at this consulting position coming out of the blue. Okay, somebody called me from Florida, said they saw my resume on Monster, and I have not put a resume on Monster since January of 2009. So I said, okay, you know, this is a vibration here. Uh, it's coming in at the right time to accomplish a specific goal, which was which was a dire goal and it was very well needed. So I was looking at it as well, you know what? I could still, you know, build this business, but the mental real estate, like you said, you know, uh, Jazz, the mental real estate that is taking up 
is really crazy. It's not a regular nine to five, even though I only get paid for nine to five. It's not a regular nine to five. Sometimes I get up, I sign on at nine o'clock in the morning. And even though it's just home, I don't sign off until nine, 9.30, 9.15, 8.47 at night. So it's like work never really ends. And that's um something that we could probably get into at another episode. This new working from home uh, medium, work actually never ends. Nope, never both, does. Yeah. Well, it ends for me because someone told me to set boundaries and, and I had to create that. And, and I'll tell you who it was, Eric and Tansy Tane. When we were frustrated and going in there at our lunch hours um, and I wanted to walk out, I wanted to quit. Um, it they helped me see that this was my service if you will to the universe or that's what i kind of walked away with Mm -hmm. that this the job that was bringing me taking up so much real estate like you said um and and in my mind my body it was painting um i they helped me see that, that i made it that if you will Um, and I could make it something else if I put in that effort. And it took a lot for me to get into the flow. Um, and it takes a lot for me to stay into the flow, but I look at my day job as my offering of service to the world. And what I do outside of that is utilizing my gifts and sharpening my gifts and, 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 and creating community. And, and that keeps me going. Um, because I am enough. Like, we are told that we are enough. Um, and so I wonder where does just the idea of not really wanting to be there because I was there at, at some point um, is maybe taken over, Tish. Is there anything there? I'm here. I'm listening. But is it also you just don't want to be there? Is no, that- no. I actually really like what I do. Um, I just, just taking I, over too much. Yeah, it's just yeah. And as a consultant, it's based on the project. You know, as a consultant, it's not really based on the hours. It's based mm-hmm. on the completion of the project. Yeah. So um, that's just where I'm at. I, I, you know, I believe that I'm going to work through it. I work through everything, so that's not a problem. Mm-hmm. But that's a great insight because we were talking about the wheel of fortune. Um, you know what we've gained, something's coming to fruition and, and we were talking about, or we were going to talk about, uh, some great insights that we've gained over the past, you know, few months. And that was an insight for me. Yeah. Yeah. So have you reached the goal? Are you close to reaching the goal? I am close to reaching the goal. Yes, I am. So then what happens as a result of you reaching it? Do you continue or do you stop? I actually continue. I don't stop. However, I believe those windows boundaries are going to be set because that's like, okay, I reached the goal. I don't give a shit. (laughs) You know, I don't give a shit at I'm taking one hour lunch. This is no longer for me. I'm doing this for you. And um, I'm signing off at five o'clock and four o'clock if I can. Absolutely. It served its purpose. Yes. Yes. It has to serve its purpose. So the great insights I have gained is, and this is a tough one for me to answer because we receive insights all the time and we've been in this spiritual space for quite a bit. So getting new information doesn't seem to be coming in at this time, particularly because we've been in the middle of a pandemic. And even though information is coming to us, there seems to be a lot of distractions or the creative juices to take that information in and to process it in a way that is fruitful for society or for others to grasp has been slow for me as a creative. But what I've gained is that taking the risk and taking that leap of faith is just a small step in fortune. And so people think that risk comes with something big like it's monumental and for for many of us it may be because as the alchemist was just speaking about we have been conditioned to think that the nine to five or the job is the springboard for us to jump into that next great thing that we want but sometimes it is abandoning that 
and really holding fast onto your ideas. I was speaking to one of my business mentors this afternoon. The phone did ring and he had an opportunity, but I'm not sure if this opportunity will pan out or if it's something that I even want to do. But what he was saying is, when you take this gamble, is when you truly are saying to yourself, do I believe in what I'm about to do? Do I truly believe that what I'm about to give to the world or establish for myself going to be fruitful? Is this going to be something that's lucrative and could make me money? And that's something that you need to hold and really keep strong and solidified in your mental sphere, in your spiritual sphere, in your physical body, so that you are fine and everything is perfectly aligned. That you strongly believe that what you are doing is for the higher good and will be successful despite everything that is happening in the world and happening around us as far as creating small businesses, building your client base, maintaining success and prosperity in a world that's uncertain, and really building something up in New York City, which has now become like the plagued area of the world. So being able to take that risk is just a small springboard. The belief in oneself, I think, was the greatest insight today when he said that to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, and we always had the power, but just knowing it, I think, is is even more powerful. And when you know it, that's like a battery in our back. Um, the spiritual insight uh, or the insight that I've gained is I've been having, uh, I think Tish and I talked about this a bit, spiritual affirmations and confirmations. Um, and also just understanding that sometimes you got to go at on your path alone and it can be lonely um, because what you knew is no more, no more. And uh, you're collecting new people, friends, community as you, as you grow. And so leaning on new habits or creating new rituals um, has, has been quite awarding along this path. So what new rituals have you been creating? Been meditating more um, and, and exercising, walking every day, uh, almost every day. Uh, even though I haven't did a good job this week, uh, but I walk for like two hours in the morning to set the pace for my day. Run um, mm. in nature um, and just become one with the universe. Yeah, I love that. I've been cycling in the morning at least twice a week, and I tell you, one of my goals for my business is to create a bicycle seat that is amenable to the female physiology. Like it's Please, ridiculous. I will buy one. Well, I'll buy two. <laughs> that's the only reason I ride my bike. I got three seats. One, I got the seat that it came with. I bought another one. That hurt. And then I went and bought another one, a Schwinn. And that hurt too. And the, uh, please, please. And the Christians do. don't help either. They do not help. They make it worse. What does it help? Like, I don't know who they designed the seat for, but it's definitely not for anybody with a vagina. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's ridiculous. My poor hiney. <laughs> that's why I told you, Jackie. Jazz. That's why I said. I said when I be riding the bike, I be I be pushing it with one leg, and I just be like, I will not sit my butt on that seat for too long. It's it's painful. No pain, no gain. Oh, please. That's not the kind of game I want. Sure. That's a different kind of pain, Daryl. A different Mm, kind of mm. pain. Yeah. I keep arguing with mine every day because he's like, you're feeling the pain because you're not cycling on a regular basis. I'm like, it doesn't matter. I don't need an (laughs) iron cat. I don't need one of those. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) All the Mm -mm. chafing. I don't need that. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Oh, sorry, Daryl. I know this is not your thing, but this is a valid thing. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. That that will manifest that this this new seat that's comfortable for women. Hello, that's right. Hello. Maybe our yeah. So I did say that we're going to have some some fire on this podcast a little later on, but uh, we want to talk about actually luck versus destiny. Woo. Luck versus destiny. So I don't think it's a versus situation. I think it's both. Luck is 
when preparation meets the great opportunity, right? Yeah. So preparation means that during the time that you are in stillness or nothing is happening, that you are constantly taking away and working at your craft, whatever your craft may be, whether it be writing, acting, singing, drawing, starting that business, becoming that business or motivational speaker, whatever it is that you are tapping away at your craft so that when that opportunity comes, you are ready for it. And the opportunity won't present itself until you are ready for it which is where the destiny comes in. And yeah. so things have been predestined, absolutely. It's just a matter of the route that you take to get to that final destiny is going to be there regardless as people may choose different ways to get to that end result. But in the meantime, you want to make sure that you are constantly working towards it and not working for the sake of working and just saying I'm doing something because too much productivity it's also a waste of energy and time because sometimes we think we're working and we're just doing too much for no reason. So just okay. knowing what is work towards the goal and what is work for being non-productive, knowing how to differentiate between the two. But yeah, I think it's both. And just remembering the goal. Sometimes people get lost in the process and forget the goal. Right? Yeah. Lose sight of it. Yeah. Um, I agree with what you said, Jackie, and something you said previously that I hang on to. Some people are just lucky by their date of birth, their life number. Um, so some people aren't doing preparation for the luck that they receive. You are so right, Adaro. Thank you for bringing that up because mm -hmm. I don't even remember that part. You're right. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to know if you're one of those lucky people, that would mean that you were born on the 10th of the month the 21st of the month, the 23rd of the month, the 24th of the month. Those are some beautiful numbers. They're the 19th of the month. And if they want to know more, how do they contact you? If they want to know more, they can contact me at JackieLevine.com or JazzAphrodite.com. Either one leads to the same site. All right. And I suggest you Bam! <laughs> <laughs> to get some sound effects right <laughs> now that's what i'm talking about i'm all in for the excitement you didn't come here to sleep at the round table y'all y'all didn't come here to sleep at the round table so we, we talk about destiny and um i want to go back and forth between what you said jazz and what you said daryl and talk about the insights and uh what we've gained and how does it feel uh as well as luck versus destiny and when it comes to my business, I can actually feel that it is destiny. I, can, I, I feel it. I see it. It's in my heart. It's in my spirit. It's in my soul. I, I, can, I can literally see it. And I think because I, I can see it. And I think because to me, it's so tangible that I'm not moving on it fast enough. But what I do know, here's what I do know. Right? The universe, the most high, whatever people want to relate to, their spiritual, you know, mother universe, father universe, they will come and give you a gift and they will leave gifts on your door. If you don't use, if you don't open up your door and take that gift and use it, when you get ready for it to use that gift, it will be gone. So that's the same thing as if you don't use it, you lose it. So I definitely have to make up my mind and get on schedule to be able to do what I need to do. I have, I have spurts where I just, one day I'll just do everything. And another day, another 15, 20 days, I'll just do nothing. But Tish, if that's your destiny, it's going to come. Yeah. And, and maybe the spurt is, is the space that it needs, that, that it needs to breathe so that it, you reach your destiny. Um, and because you know it, you see it, you feel it, you believe it in your bones and every fiber of your being, um, that that can give you that sense of urgency um, and, and and not patience. Because if you feel it, you know it's, it's you know it's going to happen, mm -hmm. and and you put in the work for it to be um, abundant when it does happen. Mm -hmm. yes. Look versus destiny. And where do we put timing into all of this? Because that's what we, we, when we know our destiny or we, when we're even lucky, right? Like we lose patience uh, and, or, or, or we want things quicker 
or mm. if we know it we'll take a back seat and procrastinate um what what tish was alluding to um i feel like but um if it's our destiny we're going to get there regardless and timing comes into it with you know jazz aphrodite because at the same time we have to look at our personal years right jazz mm-hmm yep timing that was a great segue yeah timing actually moves right into that timing is on the luck side because that's when preparedness meets opportunity so that's where you have timing on on the luck side but when it's your destiny that's when you have to look into you know numerology and your your personal year your your life path and and all of those factors to understand the timing of that so like um Jazz, are you going to do like a one personal year in depth or? Yeah. So we mentioned in earlier episodes, if you're just tuning in to the Empress High Council, that the personal years are when you add the month of your birthday to the day of your birthday to the current year. So right now I am in a one personal year, April 4 plus 22, 6 plus the 4 that we're in right now for 2020 equals 10. And the number 10 is actually the wheel of fortune when you are dealing with tarot. And the reason why is because it marks the end of a cycle is what we call karmic completion. So you have gone through the numbers one through nine. Nine is the number of completion and you have finished that cycle. So you are now essentially starting a brand new cycle and can reinvent yourself and really start your life over or a brand new phase of your life with the one year so whenever you have a one personal year it's essentially a 10 that's down to a one one plus zero is one so the one personal year is about new beginnings it's about being proactive taking the initiative stepping out on faith that's what we were speaking about earlier so being that fool that just jumps off the cliff with no parachute and nothing underneath and taking that leap of faith is the time for you to germinate for the next nine years so you are setting the tone for what's to happen over the next nine years of your life but it's giving you an opportunity to start your life over again whatever that means for you symbolically we had an episode where we spoke about the pinnacle cycles that will give you an idea as a daryl mentioned earlier if you set up an appointment with me we can go through the pinnacle cycles and what that means for you for starting over brand new that this should be a year of all things new as well as new opportunities, new personal experiences, and it's best to strike out on your own in some way to take the lead wherever you can. And maybe you start your own business or you launch important projects or you have long range goals under the cycle that you want to see come to fruition. And that's that, okay? <laughs> so now when we talk about timing, timing has a lot to do with destiny and your personal year and your cycles that you are in. So, I mean, I know it all too well because if I did not understand what I do know about numerology, I would have no clue. But I'm able, because of what I know and what I feel, I'm able to bring some harmony to what is going on in my life. Mm-hmm. And also astrology, because oh, Jupiter yes. has been retrograde since May and is coming out of retrograde September the 13th. So this month, we will start to see that all of the work and preparedness that we were speaking of earlier will now be rewarded because the planet of good luck and fortune, which is Jupiter and huge ideas, is coming out of retrograde and will be able to give you all of your just desserts. And so that's the will of fortune, ladies and gentlemen. And and also it's coming to the last quarter of the year, which is also important. Um, I believe uh, September um, is, is closing out one, the third quarter and, and getting ready for the fourth. So um, that that's very meaningful in itself as well. It uh, is the new beginnings. That is absolutely true because yeah. what it's doing is setting the stage for what's to come for the year. So you can get a preview of what next year looks like from October of this year. But giving the circumstances and everything that's going on in the world a preview 
may not always be the accurate preview because we still don't know what's going on with the COVID situation around the world. But I do not suggest that we let that sour any of our plans. We move forward with the faith, knowing that whatever we put into the universe is going to happen. Even through some obstacles, it's still going to come to fruition. Be adaptive, be open, um, and you can achieve just your destiny and, and or capitalize on your luck. Mm-hmm. And there you have it, queens and kings, the Wheel of Fortune and the Empress High Council suggesting change, movement, being able to adapt, understanding all aspects of your life takes formative power, knowledge, strength, community, and movement through the change, ultimately representing wisdom. So we're moving in that direction. We said there was going to be some fire, some shots fired in this episode, right? Bring it (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, where my, where my head is uh, in this, in this heated, in this heat that's up in here right now. Like I said to you guys earlier that we are the creators of our own content. We own our content. Okay. Um, but what I want to say is that there are a lot of podcasters out there and I can speak for myself. I can't speak for everyone, especially everyone on the Empress High Council that thought when we got the opportunity to be on Spotify, we were extremely happy. We thought we were going places. We knew that we were delivering content to you that identified keys in your life and that you could take those keys, pick them up and use them to open doors. So I was listening to Joe Budden's podcast on why he's leaving (laughs) Spotify, y'all. Where's that sound effect, Jackie? (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to Joe Budden's podcast on why he decided to leave Spotify. Now, I love Joe Budden. Okay, him and I share the same B Earth Day, so he is my birthday brother. He sure is. I love his quirky intelligence because I understand it, I can appreciate it, and you know what? He don't give a shit. He's like, I walked in the room, and that's that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it, and he's just honest, and you have to love and appreciate that. So, He made something very clear. On a particular platform, Michelle Obama has a podcast on that particular platform. And he said that that should tell you something. It should really tell you something. Like people are not looking at what's really going on. So what it should tell you that you have to be damn near the president to get a deal as a black person on Spotify. That's what he was saying. Damn near, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. But when you're in the room, you're looking like, oh, yeah, I made it in the room. Yeah, I made it in the room. But you're in the room. You're just a spectator. Be real, people. In order to monetize your podcast, you have to damn near be the president. So just because you have a podcast on Spotify, I'm really understand that it really, it means something, but it doesn't mean all that. And... Spotify did did Joe and them boys wrong, okay? Spotify did Joe and them boys wrong. We'll talk about that. Let's let's talk about it. Let's talk about it because we all listen to it. We all yeah, listen we to it. Yeah, we did. Shady. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about it? What do you think? The number one, he has the number one podcast in how many years now? Two? Two years. Two yeah. years. Number one podcast in two years straight. Recorded twice a week. They had to damn near, somebody damn near and his, and his family had to die to get a vacation. Okay? So there was no vacations. They offered other people all kinds of deals who don't even measure up and would not give the Joe Budden and the team fair share in the equity. Hmm. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about having a fair share in the equity and owning your content. Yeah, that's the important piece. Owning your intellectual property 
and people tend to say, even if you're working a nine to five, they want to remove this from the podcast situation and jump right back into it. Even if you're working a nine to five, anything that you create on that nine to five, the company will say it's their intellectual property because you created it during that time that you were in their space during their working hours. So we have to be very mindful. So what Joe is saying is they were offered a great deal, more money than he's ever seen in his life. And he said he had to turn it down because not only did they want rights over the episodes that he was creating for the podcast that they're currently doing on Spotify, but they also wanted to own the audio and video to that podcast, to anything that he did on his own, to anything that Rory did on his own, to anything that Maul did on his own, to anything that Parks did on his own. So they were basically owning them outright. Outright. Straight up. Now, if that's not a contract Ooh. with the damn devil, what the heck? That that is a that listen. That's a serious con. That's that's worse than slavery. It, it, it is slavery. It is slavery. And and it's done through a legal contact, just like work, if you will. Like the fact that they think that, especially for minorities, mostly in most companies, that you can get treated like shit. They can squash your creativity. They can oppress you. They can pay you. Um, subpar and yet think that they're contributing to what you're creating. Absolutely. So absolutely. I'm kind of so hot. Be mindful. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Uh, you know, I've ever since I saw that I've, I've been kind of hot with Spotify because he my people. You understand what I'm saying? He my people, and 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 we have to bring. We got to bring the truth to the table. And nobody's really bringing the truth to the table. Somebody has to hold their hand to the fire. Now, how do we hold their hand to the fire? Thanks to Joe Button that that not only did he go through this, and as as he said in his podcast, um, he wanted to get in the house, if you will, um, and he walked in um, just so that he could get this information. And, and Spotify learned so much from him, even mm-hmm. how to write his contract but they don't consider that intellectual property on the back end to compensate him for. Agreed. And what's more insulting is beyond the fact that they wouldn't give them days off is that they're offering multi-million dollar contracts to his white peers, but they're offering them jewelry. And black people, we need to be smart. Like We can't continue to glamorize jewelry and clothes and cars in our music videos and in our lifestyle because they will always believe they can just give us that as payment and everything will be fine. That is not payment for work. We cannot continue to create cultures and pave the way for worlds to come. For around the world, people are following hip-hop. It's something that was born on the backs of Black men. It's become a multi-billion dollar industry mm. and most of these hip-hop artists do not have control or do not own their own masters. Hmm. And, and the record labels are getting 70% of what these creatives are making and what they're sharing with the world. And yet it it, it is modern day legal slavery. Yes. It is. A contract doesn't take away the fact that it's saying that you're owned. Yeah. So when we're out here talking about Black Lives Matter, Now we have to meet at the executive board table and now let's talk numbers, let's talk negotiation, let's talk ownership. Everything is a partnership. And no, you cannot just insert any ad that you want during my work. I need to be able to sign off on this ad to make sure that this is something that's in alignment with whatever we're speaking about. Is this product somebody or something that the black community benefits from? If not, why are we promoting it? No, you cannot insert your ad in the middle of my show just like that. <laughs> and when exactly. the ad dollars aren't going to the creatives as well, that's that's also going to the record label. Exactly. Exactly. Listen, he even exposed, like you said, the record label. Come on, record labels having podcasting stations now. That's telling you something. Um, not only radio stations having podcasting stations now. Come on, we in a new era. We are in a new era. He said, where else are you going to go? And you have someone sit and listen to two hours straight of whatever it is that it is that you have to say or whatever it is that you're promoting. Nobody's going to buy your records or listen to your music for two hours straight unless you're in a concert. You have a platform, this podcasting platform, where people keep coming back. 
So they keep coming back. You have your subscribers, you have your listeners, you have your one top, you, you know, your one stop shop folks. No one is getting paid for that. That that money is going that revenue is going to the owners of the podcast. They're they're not cutting you any deal. And in order to really get a deal, let's really talk about it. You damn near have to be the damn president. <laughs> okay. As a black person. Yeah. Because we know they offer something, you know, quarter of a billion dollars, you know. I don't want to mention no names because we're not trying to give everybody no play on here. But, you know, just if, go to Joe Budden's episode 375 or 376, whatever it is. I'll 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 plug Joe, though. I'll plug Joe on here. Just go listen to it. Mm-hmm. And he also talked about um, how we don't share information. Because he mm. called to ask about the analytics. He said he called uh, uh, Puff. He called... Um, uh, I'm he sorry, called Jay-Z. Yeah, he called Jay-Z. Not mm. to mention, they would not share any information. They just flat out told him no. No. No, we're not sharing any information on the analytics. On how you get them. How you plug... This is There's enough money in this world for everybody. Well, and while they're not helping him get it, get it, they're giving it to somebody else who's taking it from both of them. Pretty much. And and one thing that I feel like us as Americans that we've really let slip through the grasp of our hands is our our record of where we're going, our 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 footprint, data footprint, if you will, that's being used and sold and resold. Um, and, and we have no say-so of it in it. And I think um, in European countries, they have a say in where their data is being sold. And I think we need to start focusing on that because that that in lines with what Spotify was able to do because um, they're just collecting data and using that and selling it. And so even though Joe Button is doing all these great things there, um, they're also using the data of the people that's coming to the site to do it. Exactly. But that goes into becoming business savvy and knowing how numbers influence the market. We're too busy chasing the bag. That's the only numbers that we're concerned about. And we need to be smart about the way that we conduct business. When we step into a business room, forget about the bottom line. Let's talk about all of the analytics, the data, Mm -hmm. longevity, sustainability, the team around you, having that remain consistent because they switch people up in personnel throughout these companies all the time so you're constantly getting the runaround so after the deal is made who do i need to speak to and no matter where you are in this organization what you're promoted to i don't care if you are the top ceo i need to be able to contact you directly because you're the person that i started this contract with you need to be accessible to me throughout the duration of this contract we need to really be smart about the way that we talk about our work the way that we conduct our business and we need to know our value Yes. A lot of us do not know our value. I don't want to beat a dead horse, but Jazz, you brought something up when you talk about the executives and and being able to have access to them, given you know your value and the value that you're bringing to a particular platform. Uh, Joe is saying that he actually, somebody called him, I'm not going to mention any names, but somebody called him who was a key executive at this particular place. And they asked him, How's California? He was like, they don't even know that we are recording in a basement in Queens. He's calling me talking about how is California. You don't know me. You know nothing about me. But you're calling me trying to give me some bull crap, bull crap deal. They tried to off, they told him, oh, we're going to give you guys some Rolexes. Now, this is the deal they came to them with. They said, oh, we're going to give you some Rolex to show our appreciation. Rolex? I can't feed my family with Rolex. Okay? First of all. But they said they was going to give them some Rolexes. They came back. Everybody went to go start looking for their Rolexes and stuff like that. They came back and was like, eh, you know, it's just a bit too much. Ugh. How about a used Rolex? They didn't ask for this. Wait a minute. You're going to you're going to you're going to throw something out there. I didn't ask for it. And then you're going to come back and snatch it back off to the table and give me freaking scraps. But there was a vibration behind that, Jazz. 
it still was dangling jewelry it, it, it sounds racial even it, it, that that number one but there was a there was a vibration behind that that's why that deal that's why that deal went sour okay the vibration behind that was those guys knowing that they brought nine figures whatever to this company those guys went out there and said oh i'm not gonna pick the most expensive rolex i'm gonna play in the, in the, in the sand nicely no, you go for the gusto. See, now you done changed the vibration of what it is that you was asking for because they saw you was coming in cheap. Yep. Okay. Knowing your value. You got to know your value. You can't come in cheap. I want the most freaking, you said Rolex, I want the most expensive Rolex, Rolex out there. I'll find out. First thing I'll be looking at who I could sell it to before I even could get it if that's all you offering. But I'll make sure I'll get the most expensive thing. So our vibrations have to have to have to be in alignment with what we're talking about and what we're doing and what we want. That vibration has to be real because the minute you go under, you bring that vibration down with you. It's the truth. The minute you falter, mm-hmm. you just sent a signal to the universe that you're not really serious about what you want. You know what? You're not going to get that. And guys, listen, let's be serious. These CEOs, these big major corporate executives, founders, don't think for a minute that they did not, that they don't know what's going on. They got numerology written all over them. Come on, get in the game, get your head in the game. They know what they doing. They know who they can play with. They know what days they could play with them on. Yes, they do. That is a point well said and taken. Come on. I was watching, and I mentioned this before, um, the making of Bill Gates or something. If you pick it up the first, and that was on, I think it was on uh, Netflix. 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 The first, I think it's like three to five minutes. And I'm going to go back and look at it because now I want to see what time actually in the recording is that being said. I'm going to go watch Mm -hmm. that again. They said he gets... They said eight, eight o'clock to eight fifty nine. He does his morning AI check, right? From nine to nine fifty nine, he has his morning tarot card reading every day. Come on, he already know what's coming. He knows what the what's, what the day is going to look like, and he don't even keep the same readers. He switched them up just because he don't want them to actually you know, start to get comfortable with him to just tell him stuff that he just wants to hear or they think that he wants to hear. Mm-hmm. Okay, I went to this I went to this class in Manhattan at this particular store. I wanted to take a class on um, herbs for um, medicinal properties because I have this whole herb pantry, herbs for medicinal properties. So I woke up late. <laughs> it was on a Saturday morning. I woke up late. I missed the class. So I called them and they were like, oh no, the class is tomorrow. So I was thinking, how did I get my days mixed up like that? I could get my times mixed up, but not days. Catch this fam. Catch this fam. They told me no, the class is the next day by mistake. So I get there early the next day. I go to the class. First of all, I'm the only black person there. Number one. Number two. I'm thinking about, they talking about herbs for medicinal properties. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to make my teas. I'm going to, you know, be doing this. I'm going to make me some skincare products. They were talking about herbs for spiritual, magical practices. And I was the only black person there. And they were a room full of white executives. Wake up. Wake up. So enough about Joe Budden. Or, well, we can't really say enough about him, but we... We just want to comment and just touch on really quickly Joe Budden's response to Charlemagne or to Charlemagne's comments about him and his movement. First of all, I want to say Charlemagne the God. Charlemagne the God. We know you protected up. All right, so we had some issues trying to talk about you on this. So we know you protected up. Just want to put it out there. We know that already. However, 
man, how you gonna come after the man bag and you don't own nothing? He just talking about ownership and trying to feed his family and his people and get a fair share at the table with money that he actually brought in to make a company nine figures. And you work for the radio station, man. Come on, Charlemagne. Come on, we gotta slap your hand on that. We gotta slap your wrist on that. You know better, you know better. But then we also know that you'll just go after everybody because you're fighting your own spiritual battles and you'll just go after anybody just for the bag. I understand him to have negotiated bad deals, was offered housing to as a form of payment to work for a radio station. So, you know, we've all made bad deals or, or had to make deals where we were at the time and, and, and not to like penalize someone for, for what they were able to negotiate. There, there are always different circumstances. And so um, I appreciate Joe Button for sharing um, what he found out, what he learned, um, because I don't remember Charlemagne ever doing that. Yeah, that's a valid point. We don't remember Charlemagne ever doing that unless it's attached to a book and his monetary gain. But Tish, you touched on something with Charlemagne. I mean, Joe did mention it on when, on his podcast when he was speaking, and he was saying that this is not the time to have someone with such a powerful voice mm-hmm. and such a wide audience and a vast reach to diminish his brother in the media's eye because that's sending the wrong message. And I wanted to say about Charlemagne particularly, this is the second time he's done it because I actually think he's a personable guy. Some days I'm like, oh, Charlemagne is cool. But when he does things like this, it annoys me because he did it with Monique mm-hmm. when she first came on the show. And whether you agree with Monique's politics and the way that she handled things, as an elder, there's a certain type of respect that you're supposed to give someone. And I find that he was extremely disrespectful to her when she was making the same exact point that Joe Budden is making today. And I wanted to say to Charlemagne, I read your first book. The second one, no, because I don't really believe that everything is mentally driven. And I'll get to that in a second. But your first book, you spoke about your capacity to see extraterrestrials and ghosts riding you in your sleep, or what you call riding you, because there's two different ridings, but when a ghost is holding you down in your sleep. And many people will say that you are lying or trying to say something for sensationalism to sell a book but you were absolutely right. I know that you're telling the truth because you're born on June 29th. You're a cancer. Cancer is 2-7, water, psychic abilities. The 29th resolves to an 11. 11 is the visionary. Again, psychic abilities. Your numbers are 276. Your best numbers of any circumstance are 276. Those are the three psychic numbers. So you get information through your crown chakra. You see things, you hear things. When you're speaking about the anxiety that you're experiencing, it has nothing to do with your mental illness. It has to do with your spiritual blockage Hmm. because what you're doing is blocking yourself spiritually. You have a lot of spiritually repressed energy and instead you wanna look at it from a mental capacity because that's more amenable to society. People will buy that in a second. Oh, it's mental illness, let's buy this book because everybody's suffering from mental illness. No, there are a lot of spiritually repressed people in America because the spirits jumping all over the place on top of people and nobody wants to address that because as the alchemist said earlier, they don't want you to know that they're using numerology and astrology on a daily basis to influence every decision that they make. So the energy that you're feeling is because in your spirit, in your soul, you know you are going against your spiritual morals and fiber and you're doing this to kowtow and become a coon Mm. for the white man. And we still will open up our arms and accept you because we understand that everybody has to go through a growing process and you're going through yours and you're playing it out in the public eye. And we will be here to lift you up and soothe you and build you back to your king status and really put you on the throne that you deserve to be on because you didn't just choose Charlemagne the God for any arbitrary reason. You chose that name because your soul wanted to vibrate with that on a spiritual level. Mm -hmm. 
So I'm looking at the way that you spell your name, Charlemagne, and at first I thought you were spelling it with the E in the middle, but now I notice that there's an A with the Charla. Hmm. So that gives you a completely different vibration. So your name on both sides, whether it be Chaldean or Pythagorean, is a three. And that's fine because threes are very social. They speak their authentic truth or what's supposed to be their authentic truth. They are the comedians of the group. Everybody loves them. They're a social energy. Threes also like to rise in positions of power in any role that they are in. And they also are very proud. Now, the issue with you is that you're not just any three. You're a 12-3 on both sides. And 12 is the number of suffering and anxiety. Suffering and anxiety. Why is it the number of suffering and anxiety? Because it's also the sacrifice number. It's called the victim. And it's one person who was sacrificed for the plans and intrigues of others. So my question to you is, who is sacrificing you and what are their ultimate plans? And you need to be very mindful of that because this is the vibration that you're sending out in the world. They are using you for an agenda. And you can deny everything that I'm saying here, but the numbers don't lie. And when you sit here and you play down your brother, Joe Budden, whether you agree with the way that he's going about it or not, because what he's saying is right. People may not agree with the way that he's saying it, because as a black person, you're supposed to know your place when you're speaking to white people. But Joe's like, forget all of that. You are in conflict spiritually. You're scared of your spiritual power. You are afraid to bring that out because these white people are not going to accept that in today's market. But you're going to come around. Something's going to happen to you, and you're going to come around. Right now, you're in an eight pinnacle cycle. So for you, it's all about the bag, hmm. all about the money, all about the game. The buffoonery, the coonery, and everything else. And, and, and maybe he's using his gifts, but, but negatively. And that's, that's, that's the conflict also, if you will. That is the conflict because he knows in his spirit that what he's doing is going against his spiritual fiber and morals. He knows it's going against that. It's the same. And sometimes I think the way that he attacks people is almost as if he gets the message from on top. Like, all right, this person's coming through. I want you to say this, that, and a third, or put them in a position to feel uncomfortable so that they fold in the media and become discredited mm -hmm. in the public's eye. Because that's what he did to Monique. I mean, he wasn't able to discredit her because Monique is a spiritually sound woman. As much as she says that she has mental illness and she has a lot of fours in her chart, so she may be telling the truth, she's still grounded in what she's saying. She knows exactly what she's saying. She has not faltered or changed her speech at any point in time. But it's almost as if they say, you know what? Sit your dogs out on them. Mm. And you do it. And that's what has you shook. Mm -hmm. That's what has you feeling anxiety. That's what has you scared. That's what have you up all night, not getting any sleep. Mm -hmm. Okay, kowtowing down to the man. You acting like, you know, you went after Joe Budden. I'm be honest, Charlemagne. You went after Joe Budden like a house. I'm not going to say the word. Uncle Tom. That's, that's, I'll clean it up. You went after him like an Uncle Tom when he was just trying to use utilize his platform to educate the people. You have not utilized your platform in any way, shape, fashion, or form to educate anyone. Your voice is too loud. Your mouth is too big. And nothing of value comes out of it where people could use it. As, as for any type of growth development. There's no keys. You have no keys. And I think it just starts with him needing to be more humble. There, there, there's an a ego charge there that, that has his, the spirit off tune, if you will. That's because he think he owned what he's doing. And he, he see, that's where the, the buffoonery and the coonery comes in. He thinks he owns what he is doing. If he was removed from that $3 million a year job, where would he be able to go from there? He doesn't own any of his content. Hmm. 
None do, of it. He doesn't have a clothing line. He does not have a store. He does not have a business anywhere. He's not supporting anyone. He is not seed money to anything. You know what's funny? He didn't learn from the person he started with. Um, look at Wendy, if you will. When they get ready to stop using you for agitating your community and, and making a buffoon of your community, tearing your community down, they'll silence you. And you have nowhere to go. No other radio station, no portal. Because also the contracts you've signed also proves ownership of you as well. Yeah. So we wanted to take this opportunity to clap back, clap back, clap back on behalf of Joe, even though he don't need nobody to clap back for him. But we want to, we're going to, we're going to point you out, Charlamagne. You was wrong. You was dead wrong. And I want to say thank you again to Joe Button for <laughs> taking the time to share his experience with us. I, I work in the transportation industry. And, you know, that's what good project managers do. They look at lessons learned from what project they just finished so that they can improve upon it. And when you share that out to a broader audience, that only helps make the community better. And thank you, thank you, thank you, Thank you, Joe. Agreed. And I would just say this one last thing about Charlemagne. So you're in this eight pinnacle cycle. It's about the bag and becoming an executive and finances and all of that. But it's also eight. It's a karmic number. So you need to be very careful with what you say and do at this time because you are in a cycle where things will come back to bite you in the ass. And your challenge is a one, meaning that you have to learn how to be what? A business. A boss. Mm-hmm. And you have to learn how to be a boss for the duration of your life. From the age of 40 till the time that you leave this earth. So you need to be very careful about what you say because you might need to call up your same brother, Joe mm-hmm. Budden, to ask him for advice to becoming an entrepreneur. You might need to call up your same buddy, Dame Dash, to ask him advice about how to be a boss. Very different paradigm. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a conversation that's going to continue to play out. You've been quiet so far after Joe made his statement. Hopefully it stays that way. But this is going to play out in the future. And I look forward to see how you evolve into becoming a boss. Did you just call him a worker bee? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I did, honey. We watching you. <laughs> The queens and kings are watching you. (laughs) (laughs) And when it comes to Spotify, I'm mad at Spotify too. So we're on Spotify, guys. You know, you can catch the Empress High Council on Spotify. We may have to think about that. And um, a lot of other podcasters. Yeah. A lot of other podcasters are going to have to. We got to make a stand. We have to hold these big executives accountable and responsible. So if we remove ourselves from Spotify, and there's a lot of podcasters out there now, we may need to think about taking a stand together. Then their ad sales go down. Leave them to the white people. If that's if they if that's what they want to do, they want to give their money to the white people off the backs of black people, listen, leave them. Leave them. So we're going to wrap up Royal Family with our herb of the month and our, well, our herb of the episode to go along with the Wheel of Fortune. And that herb is Bayberry. Bayberry is associated with house blessing, good fortune, money, luck, wishes. Um, it's gained its reputation in the household as a helper in colonial times. So it is a very, very strong flavor to Bayberry. And I, when I say flavor, I'm talking about one of the most powerful money herbs. So how do you use it, okay? You can use the bayberry oil, you can use bayberry scented candles um, for money drawing. If you prefer to work with the dried root or it could be carried or scattered around your house or burned in an incense used in, um, um, in baths and floor washes. You could put some of it into your wallet to attract money and it will bring good fortune to you. 
Many, many, many people use bayberry root for money drawing. So get you your bayberry, guys. Bayberry. The other thing is our stone is jade. Who's going to take care of jade for us? I can. We all wear it. Um, uh, I love jade, first of all. It means purity, gentleness, and love to me. Uh, it has properties such as harmony and balance, protection, good luck, good health, wisdom, um, also known as the heavenly stone I've, I've heard it referred to. Um, I use it in my apartment uh, for feng shui. Um, if you do that, just keep it away from the north and south part of your home and room uh, if you choose to. Um, I, it's, jade is the stone that I adore, and the more you, you program it and wear it, the more it responds to if you're having a bad day, if you're not feeling well, it changes colors. Um, and okay. it's the only stone, I believe, if it breaks, that you have to bury it and get rid of it because it saved you from some harm. Oh, all right. Well, we're going to get back to uh, Jade. We want to talk a little bit more about Jade, but we're going to conclude this episode with our one personal thought. You, you can't, can't change, change what, what you, you are, are not willing, willing to confront. confront.